Thank you for joining us today. In today's message, let's search our hearts and consider ways in which we hinder authentic worship of Almighty God. Do we always honor, adore, extol, serve, and worship Him with joyful hearts at all times and in all things? If we're honest, we'll admit that there is room for improvement. As Psalms 105 tells us, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Listen in as Pastor Rander continues this powerful, thought-provoking message, and remember to keep pen and paper ready. What makes appreciation and encouragement so valuable? Number four, uh, you need to slow down, rejuvenate, and rest, which will help you to minister more, the word is, effectively to others. You want to be effective in your ministry in the lives of others. You see, if being fatigued and stressed and edgy and grouchy will hinder your ability and opportunities to show appreciation to those persons in your life. Listen, we can act pretty ugly when we're tired. You know, and when you get that tired and bent out of shape, you need to go, go, go to bed. You know when it's time for you to just go yourself to bed and do yourself some damage control. That's right. That's right. You be wise to tell your spouse, baby, I think I need to go to sleep now, so please let me sleep. And when, and when they want to sleep, please let them sleep. Uh, why are you up to bed so early? They need to be to bed early because if they step another minute, no telling what's going to come out their mouth. Rest is invaluable. It's invaluable. Uh, do you realize being sleep deprived is just as bad driving as one driving under the influence of alcohol? Do you know how many wrecks happen? How many of you have been so tired and you've driven yourself home and you don't even know how you got yourself there? Come on, let's just be honest. You were just wore out and you know it was the grace of God. When you got home, you said, oh God, thank you. You scared yourself because you know by right you should have run in a tree, tore up another car, and you were driving on grace and you were really driving worse than an alcoholic. You see, Fatigue can be quite damaging, my friends. The Gospel of Mark, I didn't quote this scripture, but I quoted it last week, but I quoted it this, this week. Mark chapter 6, verses 31 through 32, it says, And he, Jesus, said to them, Come aside by yourselves. There's a time you need to get by yourself. I wonder about people that have to have crowds around them all the time. That, that, listen, it is something special about solitude. By, and something, it's something special about cutting off the cell phone, getting off the emails, the texting, the tweeting, and all that stuff. Uh, leave, uh, the television, just cutting it off and say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And Jesus said to them, the disciples, come aside by yourselves to a certain place and rest a while. Look at that. And rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Have you, have you been so busy working that you looked around, you haven't even eaten? I have. I, I have. And I said, you know what? I haven't eaten all day, and that's not good. But you know, I've been so consumed with work and ministry and moving and appointments. Until I didn't even schedule in eating. Well, I'm not by myself. Have you ever done that? Some of y'all live to eat, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's the issue. So for there were many coming and going, 
and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Listen, it's invaluable when you can just take some time. Not that you got to go off for four or five days at a time. Listen, you need some by yourself time each day. Could be in the morning, maybe on lunch. I remember when I was working in the school district, there were times I didn't want to be with anybody. I sat in a stairwell. Oh, I went and sat in my car and ate. Not with the radio on, not looking, listening to some talk show. I mean, I wanted some time where I can just be quiet and not hear voices. I didn't want music. I didn't want people talking. I just wanted the word by myself with the Lord and to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let me tell y'all something. Do you not know that God wants to talk to you? know that God desires intimate relationship and fellowship with you and he desires to have a conversation, a real meaningful conversation. It is a dangerous thing to spend more time talking to people than God. That's why they let you down and you get heartbroken. The more you pull away, now I'm not saying be a recluse now, some of you could take that to the extreme. You don't talk to anybody. You don't need anybody. You don't like people. You're an introvert, and you love calling yourself an introvert. <laughs> that's time to be by yourself, and there's time for you to get with people so you can be a blessing. You got to keep balance in that whole process. You know, what, what makes appreciation and encouragement so, so valuable is that fifthly, words of appreciation creates a peaceful environment. Creates a peaceful environment. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, as it depends on you. Sometimes it's not possible, but it says as much, it says, if it is possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes the other person won't let it be possible. But you do all you can do and then wait on God to do only what he can do. So encouragement, affirmation, and appreciation has a way of transforming an environment that's filled with tension and stress. So much so you can cut it with a knife and it transforms it into a peaceful environment to the glory of God. Number six, what makes appreciation and encouragement so valuable? Uh, appreciation is therapeutic. The word is therapeutic in that it heals and refreshes others as well as the one who gives it. Do you realize when you appreciate, affirm, and encourage others, you get blessed? Huh? And do you realize when you're affirming others, you reap what you sow? Amen. You, you do. That, 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 that is a biblical principle in, in Galatians 6. You will reap what you sow. So if you're giving out appreciation, guess what? You'll receive it because you, you're sowing, you reap. Appreciation is therapeutic. It has healing in it. Healing in it. And it, it heals the spirit. People are down. People are depressed. People are disturbed. People have troubled hearts and your mouth needs to minister to the lives of people. 
Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. There's healing in words when they are the right words, pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Number seven, uh, what makes appreciation so valuable? It cultivates healthy relationships and inspires saints to press on and not give up. It cultivates healthy relationships. It makes the relationship healthy and it inspires saints who are about to quit to keep on keeping on. There are people who are on the edge. There are people who are suicidal. There are people who are about to stop and just throw in the towel on their family, throw in the towel on their job, throw in the towel on themselves. And your encouragement may be the only word of hope to keep them from going over the cliff. In the book of Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 24, it says, Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Verse 23, when he came and had seen the grace of God, Barnabas was glad. And look, look at this, and encouraged them all with purpose of heart. They should continue with the Lord. Your words need to, need to help people to continue in the Lord. Does your word help people to continue in the Lord? Are you in the church? And when you get through talking to people, they don't even want to come to the church. They say, I, I have people that love me more in the world than in that church. And, and you know what? I can preach until I pass out up here. But if you're mean and arrogant, put down, sanctimonious and Pharisaic in your attitude, acting like scribes and Pharisees, like you've never been lost, never been a spiritual baby, never been spiritually immature, and out of your mouth you cutting folk like a razor, God's going to get you. Because that person who leaves out of here may not ever crack the door of another church, and you have left them in a perpetual state of being wounded, and you've gone on to kill the next person, and you got a whole list of persons you've hurt, and you sitting there with your cocky self like you so spiritual. Oh, God help me preach this message. Get over yourself. If the ministry of appreciation and encouragement permeates the church, people will come because they are literally, the word is starving, to be refreshed, to be encouraged, and to be appreciated. They are starving for it. You know, I can preach all I want. We can have good sound doctrine, but then we need to know how to build up and edify out there. If we got good doctrine up here, but you're mean out there and you're angry out there and you you gossiping out there and you're backbiting out there, then listen, they, they said they're not living what the man is preaching. You become part of the problem. Number eight, what makes appreciation so valuable? Words of encouragement and appreciation have a way of healing. The word is healing. Broken relationships. Words of encouragement and appreciation have a way of healing broken relationships. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter 
with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. So, so listen, if you can't appreciate and affirm and encourage others, if you don't have joy in your life, I mean, if you all dismal and bleak, huh? And mad and look like you got rocks all in your jaws, you can't encourage anyone. You got to be joyful. And, and you can't encourage anyone if you're not growing in Christ. Spiritual babies cannot appreciate uh, what others are doing or the value others bring. So, so, so you have to be joyful yourself. You got to be growing in Christ in spiritual maturity before you can encourage one another to live in harmony and peace. You can't be raised in hell and then expect folk to have harmony and peace. You see, my friends, hurt people will hurt people. If you hurt, you're going to hurt others because you're hurt. Ask the Lord, the word is to heal you so that you can apply a loving salve to others who are hurting around you. That's right. You need to be healed. If you're not healed, you're not going to be a blessing. If you're not healed, you're not going to be an encourager. If you're not healed, you're going to hurt because you've been hurt. And that's all you know is hurt. Because it's been all in your life. You see, friends. So, so there, there, there's healing of broken relationships. And Thanksgiving is a time to mend broken relationships. It's sad when you um, can come into a Thanksgiving season and you can't call your brother. I'm talking about your sibling, your sister. Longtime friend, somebody you fell out with that y'all were very tight. You're not even thinking about taking the initiative to make it right. Well, he started it. So what? Takes the bigger person to go and say, you know, I don't know what happened back then, but I know things between us are not right. And God has impressed on my heart that we need to do whatever we can to make this right because time is too short. I want to let you know I love you. And if I've done anything to offend you, I want to let you know I am so very sorry. Because what matters most is our relationship to the glory of God. Let's bury the hatchet and move on to the glory of God. Whether it's a person here in the church, whether it's a relative. And there are people who have hurt in their pre-conversion state. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. There are people who have hurt people in their pre-conversion state. And all of a sudden they get saved and, uh, and they're not like that no more. But you want, you still holding that stuff of all they've done before they came to the Lord. Let me tell you something. There's power in the blood. <laughs> there, there's power in the blood. You say, well, if they saved, they ought to come back and say, I'm sorry. Well, give them time. <laughs> give them room to grow. Don't put them on your time schedule. That's right. That's, that's right. You can't, listen, if they're doing it because you said it, that doesn't count. Let the Lord move. The Lord is a mysterious God. And he's at work when you don't understand. When you don't understand, ask the Lord to heal you 
so that you can apply a loving salve to others who are hurting around you. Number nine, forgiveness, the word is forgiveness and reconciliation must precede appreciation, affirmation, and encouragement in order for it to be authentic and sincere. Listen, you you can't appreciate people until you have forgiven persons yourself. Or, Or let me just say it like this, unless you have a forgiving spirit. Only when you have a forgiving spirit can you appreciate others. You you need to be a person who is a reconciler. You have to take the initiative. So so once you have a spirit of forgiveness and and get yourself out of this self-imposed prison, holding stuff in from what has happened to you back in 1932, and God is saying to you this Thanksgiving season, let it go. And some of you won't let go. You'll hold on to that bitterness, that grudge, that unforgiving spirit to your own detriment and to the detriment of your family. And you die miserable. Folk got to make up stuff on you when you're in the casket. They come up here saying all that nice stuff. They got to open that casket up and see if that's the real person in there. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We are children of God. And we cannot be a peacemaker until we first have peace from Christ, who alone gives inner tranquility. You have to have peace from Christ before you can be a peacemaker. You have to have the peace of God in your soul before you can be a peacemaker. You have to have a vertical relationship with you and God before you can have a horizontal relationship with man and men, women, boys, and girls. You see, only then can we have a ministry of reconciliation. Number 10, ask the Lord to, the word is reveal reveal to you how to effectively show appreciation to difficult people in your life, which will possibly result in that relationship being transformed. Ask the Lord to reveal to you how to effectively show appreciation to difficult people in your life, which will possibly result in that relationship being transformed. How many of you have difficult people in your life, somewhere in your life? Some of y'all say, you don't know anybody difficult. Oh, my goodness. Just keep saying good morning. And some of you got more than one difficult person. More than one. It could be a boss. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. It could be a child. It could be a neighbor. It could be a, a person in the church that's in the ministry you're in. You know? Uh, you have to ask the Lord to, to, to reveal to you how to minister to them. Proverbs 15, chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Stop giving a word for a word. When you're dealing with a difficult person, don't raise your voice. That's right. Straighten your face up and have a good attitude. If you don't know what to say, at least do that much. Have a good attitude. Straighten your face. Watch your tone. You know? Ask them, how may I serve you? 
They might tell you to go to hell, but you say, I'm going to keep praying. That's right. They, I mean, you got some tough folk out there. But don't say, I wish you would too. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't let folk bring you down to their level. Somebody, listen, don't let folk bring you down to the gutter. Have, keep your spiritual dignity. Don't get that. Say, I'm not going there. Somebody cuss you out. You can say, you know what? Now, since you've said that, are you through? And smile them. Are you through? Now, I, evidently, you have a very deficient vocabulary. <laughs> I'm being very nice. And you can also add to that, you know what? Now, you just cussed me out, but I'm not going to do that. That's evil for evil. But I know every one of those words, too. I just choose by the help of God not to say them. I'm helping somebody here because y'all, somebody about to go cut somebody out right now. <laughs> Some of y'all can't wait till tomorrow. I mean, they. <laughs> Tell them I know those words too. I just choose not to say them. What value are they in this conversation? And you know what? You can straighten up a person with your disposition, with your words of wisdom, with your spiritual posture to the glory of Almighty God. And they get convicted. They say, you know what? I did that to you. And you know what? You didn't respond like I did. And that's the greater testimony of winning somebody because of your God, of the presence of God in your conversation and in your life. My goodness. And then uh, another thing about that, by difficult people, you got to realize that prayer will help us identify in the Holy Spirit how to effectively minister to difficult people. If you pray, God will show you how to minister, what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. As a matter of fact, sometimes God sovereignly places that person in your life to increase your prayer life. You say, what? Well, you better start praying. Pray, pray now. If you want less difficult folk in your life, start praying. Because sometimes God, you're not praying enough, and so God squeeze your comfort zone by planting that person in it, and they're going to be in your, and you can't get rid of them. And he'll put you in a position where you can't do anything but pray. Somebody know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Number 11. Appreciation and encouragement minimizes the opportunity for jealousy and competition to exist within the body of Christ. You know, when we're affirming one another, when we're building up one another, when we're edifying one another, when we're appreciating one another, do you realize uh, competition and be caught up with your titles and positions and who you are? You know, all that stuff go out the window because they're building you up and you're building them up to the point that who cares about titles? Who cares about who you are? As a matter of fact, the ground is level at the cross. 
You know, the Military Appreciation Day last Sunday, I saw all this high rank and rank, and I saw stuff on people. But you know, the beauty of it is, I only know what rank they have on that day when they come in their uniform. But they're so down to earth, and they're just one of the boys or one of the girls to the point that you can say, man, I didn't realize they had that kind of rank. In other words, they don't let their rank go to their heads. And some of y'all, God can't elevate you to where he wants you to get because he knows you can't handle it. That's why some of y'all, he, God can't give you a raise because you can't tithe on what you got now. <laughs> Look how quiet y'all, oh, the amens went right out the window. You, you say, well, God, I want a raise, I want a raise, I want a raise. He said, well, why should I give you a raise? You're not trusting me now with what you have. I know, what, I know you're just giving a piece of an offering. You're not, you're not fooling me. I'm an all-seeing God. I'm all wise. Why you giving me chump change and asking for a raise? Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a demotion. You see, so, so you know, power can corrupt. And wise is a person that knows how to wear power, position, and prestige very well to the glory of God. Romans 14, 19 says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. When you seek to affirm and appreciate your brothers and sisters in Christ, your value increases in the body of Christ. When you have a spirit of edification, a ministry of uplifting, coming alongside people who are hurting, coming alongside people who are going through trials and adversity, you know what? Your spiritual stock skyrockets in the church and in the kingdom of Almighty God. You become so valuable in the church that people will seek you out because they know you have a word from the Lord. And even at your worst, they still know how to love you in spite of. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us resolve to obey God with praise and worship according to his word. Why should we? Because he is our creator. He has made us and fashioned us. He is our shepherd and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We hear his voice, and he knows us, and we follow him. There is none other like him. If you enjoy Pastor Rander's teaching of the inerrant word of God, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church in Converse, Texas.